Hi, this is Bob, and today I have an interview with the band Liar Thief Bandit. What do you get when you blend melodic essence that helped shape the 70s and the raw garage revival of the late 90s with a modern touch of uplifting lyrics and undeniable energy? The answer is Liar Thief and Bandit. This is a power trio born to play with the sole purpose to carry the torch of all things that ever was, is, rock and roll in its purest form. And here is my interview with the band. Hello, my friend. Hello, Robert. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Doing fine. How's the weather in uh, Sweden? It's really great. Good. It's really warm and nice, and the summer has really hit us for real this time. That's great. I wanted to thank you for taking time to speak with me today. Well, of course. Sure. Well, it's a pleasure to be invited. I want to also congratulate you on great album. Deadlights is straightforward and has a great feel to it. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. We're stoked to have it out finally, since it's been actually over a year since we recorded it. I'm glad you liked it. I wanted to know if you could give me a little back history of the band, how you guys got together, and uh, how you got to be where you are right now. Well, you'll get the short version of the very first years since Mike and William met a guy called Felix. They started the band. Uh, Mike was like the engine, the guy who wanted to start the band for his songs. Uh, and they started quite active, doing a lot of gigs, recording uh, the first album, All DIY by themselves. Um, in 2017, they did the first tour in Europe. Um, and after that, uh, Felix, the bass player, decided that he didn't want um, to stay in the band because it just didn't fit his, um, his life at the moment. So they were in really big need of a new bass player since they already had decided to uh, record a new album. And then Mike and I had just got in touch um, in that time and we... Um, he knew that I was looking for a band, and I started a band. I thought it would be just like maybe rehearsing once a week and doing 10 shows a year. I didn't really know what I was um, getting into, but it turns out it was like two rehearsals, then starting recording the album, and then it was a bunch of shows, and then it was another European tour, and then it's been on that, that tempo since then, pretty much. Um, I wanted to ask you, as far as touring, will you tour this album? Yeah, definitely. That's pretty much what we're... Um, I wouldn't say that we're sitting and waiting for it, but uh, that's really what we're um, longing to do right now. Um, we uh, we don't want to be uh, rush it to get out on the road how much we want it, because we don't want to be like part of the problem of making things even slower until we can get all opened up for, with no restrictions again. 
Uh, so we're not rushing it, but we're really looking forward to it. And uh, there's nothing official yet, but um, except for a few shows we're going to do in Sweden and maybe Denmark like later this year. And next year we will do everything we can to get out as much as possible. And also speaking of touring, um, touring um, are there any funny road stories that you could share? I mean, of course, you meet so many great people, funny people, weird people. You see a lot of weird places and uh, don't really know where you'll end up when you're doing like this DIY style, since we probably pretty much Mike has been doing all the booking himself. Um, like I say, we don't we're not the kind of band that sit around waiting. And there's so much great stuff coming from Sweden. Can you describe the local scene there? Yeah, it's, as you say, there are so many good bands. I would say Sweden is a really good um, country to start a band in and to um, be a band from. Because uh, there are so many great bands that has given the country a really good reputation around Europe and probably around the world. So it's... Um, you have that as a, a help you when you're trying to reach out outside of Sweden. Because then there's the problem with being a band in Sweden is that it's really hard to find shows and doing like touring in Sweden. Because it's only like 9 million of us in a very big area. So um, it's very few cities that has venues with uh, enough people around it to be able for smaller bands and even bigger bands. It's really hard to tour in Sweden like in the weekdays it's mm -hmm. pretty much just weekend so you can really get a crowd like and I wanted to ask you what is your favorite track on the album and why Ooh, I think I would say maybe limitations because the end of that song we just as soon as we started writing it, we just realized we had so much fun, like going into the energy in the last riff, pretty much. Um, so that feels really good as being part of the band. I would also say hindsight for about the same reason. I like it on the album that um, the effect it has that it feels like, okay, the album could be over now, but then there's another blast coming might be that's like kicking the door open and shutting it down or shutting it closed at the same time it it turned out it wasn't really the purpose when we wrote it but it just turned out like that on the recording i'm very happy for that now uh, i wanted to ask you was the album actually done before the covid situation happened or were you in the midst of it no, we were, um, since we were pretty active going out touring and playing, and um, since it's we're still a small band that it's like hobby level for us, DIY level, uh, we decided to, between touring, we started writing songs during 2019, and which meant we also could take the songs that we 
as soon as we finished them and recorded like a demo version of it in our rehearsal space, we could just put it on the set list and actually play it live. And then later that year, we could write some more songs before the next tour. And then we can take those songs. We could actually get the real live feel for the songs while, um, while writing them pretty much. And our plan was to do a more extensive tour in May 2020. And then after that, take a break, focus on the recording and maybe record the album later. 2020 but due to covid it's it was really unfortunate that we couldn't do the touring first because we're really looking forward to that may 2020 tour we had a lot of good things booked but it uh, turned out we're not as uh, some bands has had really bad luck maybe just releasing an album and they couldn't follow up with touring and getting out there on it uh, due to covid uh, for us, we tried to make the best out of it, so we recorded it in May 2020 instead of touring. And then we just has been focused on everything that's involved with a release. Like, we reached out to um, labels we wanted to work with. Um, we're done doing music videos, uh, preparing the release for the singles, everything. And I wanted to ask you, um, there's definitely a 70s feel to the band. I wanted to know uh, what bands influenced you as an artist? Um, I would say for the band, uh, since Mike is the songwriter, mainly he comes with like sketches of songs at least. Uh, and then it goes, we form it together and everybody brings their style and influences on it and maybe changes in the arrangements and come up with new stuff if needed. Sometimes it's just like Mike's, Mike comes with an ID to rehearsal space and we just play it together and it feels good and that's it. Uh, but Mike has a lot of, he's, he, when he was younger, he fell in love with um, helicopters, which is a apparently apparent um, influence. And then he started seeking out the bands that they were influenced from, like Kiss and Tim Lissy. Uh, since I um, I have loved uh, Tim Lissy for a long time, uh, so I guess that's probably the biggest influence on songwriting from from the 70s. But of course, there's a lot of Kiss. There's uh, all of the classic 70s rock and roll bands, pretty much. Yeah, I had an interview with uh, Rob McCauley not too long ago. He's from Ireland, and uh, he was uh, speaking to me about uh, Ireland and, uh, you know, how the scene was back when he was young. And, uh, you know, uh, Thin Lizzy really grew grew up quick. I mean, a great band. I know when I think of Ireland, I think of that giant statue of him. Yeah, I'm actually a big fan of the Eric Bell years, the early early years. So, mm-hmm. like reading a lot of that, it feels like oh, it was such a slow compared to how it works today. It feels like it was such a slow thing. Like oh, they did three full-length albums, nothing happened until they got that hit with um, Whiskey in the Jar mm-hmm. before it really like turned into a success. But I guess it was quite intense. In just a couple of years, it was quite intense. Yeah, they were a great three-piece band when they were actually a three-piece. I don't know if you... 
special interest beyond music that you like to do in your spare time? Well, for me, pretty much, I started at, I guess you could call it kind of a youth center. I, like, after school, I was hang out going skateboarding, and then I started already when I was 13, I started to um, help out as a roadie with, uh, with concerts, and I've been doing that ever since. Uh, going, like, Every spare time I have, all my weekends, all my uh, later years, I've used my like vacation going to festivals, working as a stage manager or guitar tech or a roadie. So music has been my main, and also of course playing in bands. Although this band is definitely the most like active and um, time demanding band, since we're doing so much stuff. Um, as I said earlier, um, my my experience of being a band earlier was, yeah, you rehearse once a week and maybe do a couple of shows a year. I've never been in a band with this much energy going forward. Um, so music has been pretty much. I also work with guitars today. I've been using. I've been even working at the music store for 15 years, and now I run my own guitar repair shop. So I guess music is um, in somewhat always been all I know, pretty much. Although during COVID, I recently discovered disc golf, which is which is taking a lot of my time nowadays. Mm -hmm. um, when did you know that music was, was your path? Um, was it around 13, like you uh, described? It's actually been a very passive, like... Uh, evolution i just been doing stuff that i felt like for the moment and it turned out i just loved helping i've never been like enjoyed sitting down and uh, doing nothing i've always loved to be really active and i just loved carrying stuff and stuff and uh, picking up cables afterwards i i love that stuff i still do like more than 20 years later um so I guess it's just turned into something that I've been doing so much and I know so much about. Uh, I've never had this really big urge to become a rock star. I'm more in love with just everything around it. Um, as I'm working as a backline tech, a guitar tech also for bigger bands, I don't really, I realized pretty early in my career, since I didn't try to make a career out of it, but I started to be doing bigger shows. Like I was started as a roadie and then all of a sudden people started paying me for being a stage manager. And then I was like stage manager for the biggest stage and festivals here with crowd of or capacity of 10 or 15,000 for the biggest stage. And I felt like this isn't as fun anymore. So I started to actively seeking down a few levels to small, working with smaller bands and smaller stages. And also now while I'm working as a touring tech, 
I feel like the bigger arena shows isn't my thing. I love the club, club touring, like 200 people, 500 people. Mm-hmm. That's the what I like, the vibe that I love. I wanted to know if you could tell everyone uh, how to get uh, merchandising and the album, the best ways to get a hold of it. You can find everything on just liarthiefbandit.com. Uh, we have it on a big cartel shop, and we also have, of course, on Bandcamp. You can go to our record label, Design Records, and find the new album. But if you want to check out what we did before, and also our t-shirts and stuff, it's uh, liarthiefbandit.com. Or, the best thing, go to a show and see us if you have the available. We'll see you there. And if you could give a message to your fans, what would that message be? Oh, uh, we hope to see you soon, pretty much. There's so many friends we have down in Europe that we haven't been able to meet, other than some of them we've had contact with over like uh, Instagram and Zoom meetings and stuff, having partying with people in Germany over Zoom. And we, so I hope they know that we're really looking forward to come and meet them all again, both old friends and new friends. Well, I wanted to thank you for taking time to speak with me today, and I hope you'll keep me updated on any updates as they occur uh, when you are able to get out on the road and anything else, and I can get it out there for you. Thank you. Thank you for the support, and thanks for inviting us, and we will definitely make sure that it's... Um, We'll do our best to be heard when there's something that we're doing. Great. I appreciate that. And thank you again for your time. I hope you have the great rest of your day. You too. Well, it's actually like 8 p.m. here. So, um, but sure, it's a few hours left. <laughs> yes. I wish you. I wish you the same since you have a few more hours of your day left. Well, thank you very much. It's a 91 outside here today. Well, it's it's hot. <laughs> well, I hope you have as close to the ocean as, as we have. Yes. And you uh, take care, and I hope to speak to you real soon. The same. Take care, and thank you for uh, getting in touch. All right. Cheers. Cheers. I want to thank you for taking time to listen to me today. And remember, come see me for a fix.